0: My name is Joe, my name is Jakub, and this is Jokub, a podcast where we talk about agile, monkeys, and life. Monkeys are kind of the random ideas that we end up exploring as we try to talk about something very specific.
1: Yeah, so we try to stay on topic, but sometimes we may
0: walk around the topic like a monkey or jump around the topic. Not just sometimes, we're betting on it. Um, Today's topic comes to us from who?
1: That's a good question.
0: Uh, it comes from...
1: Janetta. Janetta. So She's, Janetta asked... Uh, which books would Joe could recommend for new
0: or aspiring casual coaches? That is a really good question. Um, it also is great because you know anyone coming into any new field is very self-motivated to just learn as much as possible. Yes. Um, I know when I first started, I read heaps of books, many of which I can't remember now. One that stood out in my mind as being really good um, is uh, Agile Retrospectives. Oh, yes. By Esther Darby. Yes. Yeah, and um, I highly recommend that. Read it cover to cover. I enjoyed it. Um, And that gave me a lot of structure that I used, and I still use Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really good one. Yeah,
1: and I think that this book is... Really good for retrospectives, but in for meetings in general, the concepts like check in and then check out, and make sure you have time to generate insights and make decisions, all of this stuff, and then all the specific tools and techniques you could use for every stage of a retrospective.
0: That's really useful. Yeah. Once you have that general concept, you can go to a, a website called what's it? Retromat. Retromat, uh, yeah. which compiles. Tastey cupcakes. Yeah, tasty cupcakes. Yeah. They they have made it easy to take the the five parts of the retrospective, yeah. and um, you know people give solutions to them. So yeah. if you have a, an intro, how do you intro it? They've got like a hundred different intros you can pick from. So you can you can um, challenge yourself with new ways of doing, uh, sort of applying different ways that you um, do the retro to the pattern. Yeah, that's really nice.
1: Um, some of the books that made me think a lot. Um, one of them was, uh, there is, uh, what was it? Peopleware. Peopleware? Peopleware by Tom DeMarco. Like software. And, yes, like people software. Were. Yeah. But peopleware. And it was written, I think, in the late 80s. No. So it's pretty Pre-pre-agile. old Pre-agile. And I was reading it in the early 2000s. Okay. So it was still almost 20 years ago. And it was an amazing book. I was still at the university at that time, but I was reading it and I like, whoa. What's amazing about it? Well, there are the, for me, all the concepts about swarming and, and working together as a team, and how do you actually, when you do software delivery, the most important ingredient are, are people. Mm-hmm. And you need to understand not to manage um, creating software, you need to know how to manage people and how to help people get together and to create all of these uh, amazing ideas. Um, but I haven't read it since. And I think every year I'm like, I need to read it again, I need to read it again. Sometimes I'm failing. Maybe this year. But I love (laughs) that book, PeopleWare is amazing.
0: Cool. And so PeopleWare is a good way of, if you're curious about how people can work together? Yes. And why they might work together? Yeah, Yeah, cool. Sounds like it's made for a software engineer as well. It is. Because it's taking the software operating system model construct of explaining behaviors. Yes. Yes, it's possible. Okay. Interesting. Um, Books. See, I'm not much of a book learner, Mm -hmm. uh, although I've done my fair share. I'm more of a... um, I have a particular problem, and then I go and see what's out there. Or I just put myself in a state to be inspired by new Mm -hmm. ideas. So a lot of of my learning comes from podcasts not even about agility, but about people... Um, who think differently and apply ways of observing life and interactions and then coming up with solutions. So one of my favorite um, podcasts is Freakonomics. Oh, yes, I love it. Freakonomics is great. And if you don't know anything about it, it's about behavioral economics, which sounds, if you don't know anything about it, it sounds really boring, but it's actually quite exciting and very, very, very applicable to being an agile coach. Yes. Um, So you listen to it as well? I do, I do. Similar one is um,
1: Hidden Brain. Talks about uh, how we think and how we make decisions as well. It talks about different stories uh, from people's life and kind of take a bit of um, research and overview perspective. Really good interviews with people, so similar. Oh, that's awesome. And another one, again similar, is in the indicator. It comes with a more economic point of view, but. Or, or was it Planet Money? There are two. two Planet Money is a good one. They are made with by the same people, yeah. Indicator and Planet Money. And for, for example, one of the last episodes was about how do you maximize um, the flow of people through Oh restaurant uh, yeah. and how you can adjust number of uh, tables and chairs. And for one particular restaurant, the, the solution to make the restaurant earn more money was to remove one of the chairs, which is counterintuitive.
0: Counterintuitive.
1: But from... Uh, the research and the testing it was actually the
0: the good choice and so that is for those of you who are new to agile coaching um why that to Jakob and i sounds so much like being an agile coach is because so much of what we try to do is uh, allow the environment to encourage the right behavior yes. over telling people how to behave and that's yes. why you hear a lot about mindset values uh, those are all concepts where if we believe something or we think in this way we are more likely to behave in a corresponding manner, yes. or be able to self-regulate within certain limits. And so, when I hear about something like removing a chair to get a better uh, to to earn more money yes. in a restaurant, I find that infinitely fascinating. Because you know, when we work with squads or even with um, tribes or just large delivery groups, um, you're always looking at the environment yes. and how it's influencing behavior. And like, why aren't they talking? And you're like, oh well, they're set up in this way that doesn't encourage them to talk. Yeah. But if we change formation of their desks, and we can run experiments with yeah. them mm-hmm. on that, and yeah, so that, that's that's quite cool. Yeah, and I love
1: podcasts like this, because this gives me stories to explain concepts, Yes, and I haven't used the, the chair story yet, but I can imagine that with one of the squads, I can tell them about the chair uh, in, in the restaurant, and I wouldn't be surprised, as it's only, it can almost become like a thing for the squad, yeah. and this has maybe maybe a week after i tell them the story i can go hey in in the way how you work where's the chair that you can remove right And I'm gonna trigger this thinking oh okay yes they can go oh this restaurant oh they remove the chair they increase the flow they increased. so what was the chair for us in our spot what can we re- remove what is the from chair the... for us yeah exactly ah, you're so good at this um so i think this can be really useful just to show the story, use it, use it as a metaphor, use it as a, something thing? people can relate to. What's
0: what's counterintuitive for us, but yes. might actually have the right response. Yes. Um, and just for anyone listening to us that don't understand what we mean when we say the word squads, both Jakob and I are working at a place right now that um, the model, that the delivery model that they're using calls basically delivery teams, so cross-functional teams, um, squads. So yeah. think teams when we say squads, teams. Fun- yeah. cross-functional teams. Yeah. Um
1: when we talk about podcasts do you ever listen to audiobooks audiobooks like mm-hmm. Kindle Kindle stuff or like Kindle but listen to them right
0: or like something like on Audible I do and I've used to wonder I used to not because I was like ah oh, it'll just go in one ear and out the other yeah but I've read a lot of research and, and since then tried it and uh, apparently the the retainment is exactly the same as reading it mm-hmm. which I find I'm very grateful for yeah. actually um, I do listen to audiobooks. I tend to listen to fiction okay. more than instructional. Um, but I'm getting bored with fiction, so mm-hmm. I, might, I might go to more bio, bio, you know, uh, instructional biographies or mm-hmm. that sort of thing. What yeah. about you? What do you listen to? Um, mostly business books. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you find fascinating about business books?
1: Well, business meaning anything work-related that can be useful. Okay. Um, I just learn and discover what's there. And I just often almost every day I'm go go either to the gym or hop on my bike or go for a run
0: There's and sound and I just listen. So here's here's my thing with absorbing information for use or for work yes, or for interest. Yeah. So I'm I'm infinitely interested in delivery. Um, yes. but what happened to me in the early days is I was taking in so much information that I was realizing I was taking in more than I could use and I started to become disincentivized to learn because it was like why? Like this takes up a lot of time or this fills this time Um, I really enjoy learning something new and then I can apply it I don't, I think it's interesting to learn something but I know I don't retain it as well unless I can apply it right away so I've switched around to rather than casual casual flow of information always coming at me to uh, saying when I identify a particular problem that I can't resolve or you know, self, self-learn self through experimentation yeah. or need to learn faster than that, I then go out to my friends and say do you have any tests that I can read yes. into to get some leads on it? Right. Um, so I've, I'm really fascinated by people who on their bike rides yeah. and and in their spare time um, read into it. That's a that's a level of passion I don't have, so I'm, uh-huh. I'm really I'm really. But I, I think I'm similar.
1: That. What I managed to find my previous job, I I met Jerome. Jerome is my friend, and we used to work together. And hi, Jerome. Hi, Jerome. And what we what we managed to do is that we managed to have. Um, find a space for ourselves when we could talk about the ideas from the books that we just read. Yeah. And we would ha- hypothesize what if this could be possible or how can we apply it right now at our work? Or and if it's because of some reason it was not possible, yeah. how could it look like? So we would still try to process it in our minds. It's so like role play it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nice. And just so that it, we almost we either try to apply it or think how we could apply it. That's good. So you had like an agile book club? almost yeah 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 yeah, cool. yeah and it was constant because we would just and Jerome's he can read books so fast that he would I would give him tell him in the morning hey this book is awesome and in the that's afternoon, afternoon he would be like we should talk about this book <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mind block that's amazing yeah I'm not a fast reader me neither um, but going to audiobooks um, yeah audiobooks there is amazing audiobook in terms of how it's made Mm. Uh, there's the book called the goal by ellie Goldratt. the goal the goal okay about theory of constraints oh yeah And it's like a business novel so there are characters and the the main guy is basically trying to rescue his factory from being closed right and there are different things happening similar to the phoenix project about the devops kind of practices Uh, the goal was uh, written in the 80s i think but the audiobook is so amazing because all of the characters come to life Mm. and there are different people play different characters in the book. So it
0: almost doesn't feel like you're learning. No. But you are because we learn really easily through story. Yes. So that's one of the, if I can
1: recommend audiobook just for the sake of being a great audiobook in, in how it's realized and how it's produced, I think that's really good.
0: So the Phoenix Project is definitely one if you work in software oh, that yes. you want to read or audio listen to. Uh, same thing with The Goal, the goal sounds like. Turn the ship around. Um, well, this is one of those things, not necessarily an agile book, but it is about leadership that, a type of leadership that encourages very agile compatible behaviors. Right. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Um, and wow. and it's, a, it's, a you know, if you ever find yourself having to coach um, a product owner a tech lead, um, uh, even a, a, a tribe lead, or some sort of somebody who's in charge of like a delivery area. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good book to get an idea of being able to spot how certain behaviors affect the way other people work in, in their ecosystem. So, yeah, uh, turn the ship around is another good one. Yeah, uh, you can read that or listen to it. It's a book. <laughs> it is a book. Yes, it's a book. Um,
1: Anything else? I remember a serious. A series of podcasts from uh, the Azure Uprising podcast. Yep. And maybe two or three years ago, they did a series with maybe 14 um, people who signed the Azure Manifesto, who created the Azure Manifesto. Yep. And it was really fascinating just to hear their stories uh, what happened before the Azure Manifesto was created, yes. and during the creation, and after the creation, yeah. and some of the thoughts. It's not at reasons. all what I thought. As well. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's so It's so fascinating.
0: Yeah, i uh, I've had the um, privilege of being able to, you know, Alistair Cook, yes. Uh yeah. he comes through New Zealand every once in a while, and uh, if you're lucky, you can invite him out for a mm-hmm. glass of wine, and, and he'll tell you some stories, but he's also published a lot of the pictures, Yes. and, uh, like, the notes, is that kind of what you're referring to yeah. as well? Yeah. yeah, yeah, Um and the biggest insight for me when, this was years ago, I remember, when he showed some of that information was that it wasn't... You know, the manifesto sounds the word manifesto sounds yes, big. Yes. But it actually was just it was almost a revolution in the sense of a big angry F U exact. To to the the huge systemic over prescribed frameworks that were yes. out there. And they, they were doing more with less yes. they they had removed the chairs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um and, and saw a lot of value in it. And so it was it was I think they wanted to share it and, and go, nah, 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 nah. but um, I don't think they ever really imagined no, it, was, it would be this big. not from the, what they're saying exists. It doesn't seem like it no. anyways. Um, so it's, it's kind of funny. Um, yes. And particularly yes. looking back in my career as a New agilist when yes. I started yes. is... You, because it has so much form at that point for me, and this was 10 years ago yeah. had so much form there were so many books out even then on how to think about it how to identify with it, how to use it uh, how, to, how, to, how to deliver in it that um, you're like, wow that's so well thought, so well designed but it was just as organically and unplanned and, yes, okay. yes. and designed as, as, as it suggests you should be with mm-hmm. anything else um, it was not as intentful still not as intentful as, um, as you're led to believe when you start out, you think, oh, they've got it all figured out, but not really. Like, it's only a few things. Yeah, yeah.
1: But I guess it also goes back to if you are starting agile culture or a scrum master, what should should you read? Yes, I think agile is one of the things. But not just read it, but reflect on it deeply. Try to understand what every sentence. Can mean and
0: means oh, to you and I went crazy in the beginning. I because there's because there's four values and twelve, twelve principles. principles, right? Uh, and I was I had too much time on my hands. <laughs> so we were in between um, clients. And so I'm like, oh, I'm going to map the principles to the values, which was an exercise of which um, I did it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I I showed it to Alistair and he goes, that's really interesting. I've never seen that before. I was like, is it right? (laughs) I remember asking him, is it right? And he goes, we never, we never associated it like that. They're just two separate things and and he's like we first we came up with the values because we could agree on that. Mm -hmm. And then we say what are the behaviors that encourage those values. We didn't say it's this to this or this to this. He's like, actually it's one to many in so many ways. Which is what I kind of saw in the mapping. And I saw that it was it was fluid as well. Yeah. yeah. And through that exercise I saw that it's not there's no best there is the highest priority principle. Mm -hmm. Which is sort of like the theme of it, but but everything else is like it's not any one principle that makes it agile or makes it successful. It's actually the culmination of them exactly. working at the same yes. time that creates this new thing that's kind of amazing. And, and, and the funny. more you, the more
1: you learn, the more you work with teams and organizations, you start seeing different shades of the principles
0: and different yes. ways to interpret them, which yes. is so amazing. Yeah. So and so to. Um, when i first started i said well i'm gonna i'm gonna be an agile coach i should have these memorized and Mm -hmm. so i memorized the values didn't take very long yes um but then when it came to the principles there's 12 which actually didn't take that long but um i wanted to internalize them Mm -hmm. and so the exercise that i did i remember this so funny um this was before an interview as well i'd been practicing as a scrum master for about a year and it's interviewed to be a coach and I'm like yes. oh I should, I should know these really well and I went through each one and I tried to think of a time in my life of which that applied and was true and so I went through each one of these um, principles and I said oh I, um, why would this be true why wouldn't this be true and that was how I connected it in my brain it took a whole day to go through all 12 but at the end of it I, I really felt um Fit, my mm-hmm. ability to explain. I, looking that's back good. now, I probably shouldn't have been as confident, but but it helped me. And it, I think yeah. it associated real life experience to these kind of abstract concepts that yeah. are much broader than they seem. Exactly. Yeah. So that's another thing. Yeah. So the manifesto: learn it, memorize it, internalize it, play with it, challenge it. Yes. Make a board game out of it. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that's it for today. Yeah, we should probably end it. We should. Or we we're, are
1: or we're go on to another monkey. Oh, yes. We should have an whole episode. Monkeys entire, only? Or Angel Manifesto only, but yeah, both. Maybe Monkey Manifesto? Monkey Manifesto. All right. <laughs> this was us. This was Jakub and... Joe. Jacob. This was Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.